Welcome to the Happy Homeschool, where we talk about creative homeschool inspiration rooted in relationships for the nonconformist, dedicated parent. I'm Laura Blodgett. And my goal at the Happy Homeschool is to inspire and equip you to create a learning environment that makes home everyone's favorite place. You can always read more at thehappyhomeschool.com. Hello, I'm Laura. Today's topic is, Does Technology Destroy Children's Creativity? And this is a re-recording of week 30 of 52 Weeks to a Better Relationship with Your Child. Let's begin our discussion with a short story. Once upon a time, the wheelbarrow was the latest technology. A Chinese politician claims to have invented it, so I'm guessing someone else did and he took the credit. Whoever invented it, and it could have happened in more than one place at the same time, I can just hear the naysayers. Kids these days will not understand real work. This generation will forget how to use their arms. Or when the printing press was invented. People spend too much time getting artificial and unverifiable information from books. And all those fictional stories are keeping kids from developing their own creativity or getting enough exercise. There is a tendency in each generation to define technology narrowly as that which has been recently invented. People often complain loudly about the supposed negative impact of new technology. However, the definition of technology is the application of scientific knowledge for practical purposes. Some creative person comes up with another way to harness the features of the world around us in ways that enhance productivity. This leaves us freer to spend less energy struggling with some things. Sometimes it makes fun more practical, and other times it makes work more practical. And sometimes fun and work overlap. Sometimes people view the latest technology like the TSA views forks. In case you don't know, the TSA is the transportation security agency that harasses everyone when they're trying to use an airplane. The potential bad uses loom so largely in their minds that they forget that forks are quite useful and that most people use them to great advantage. There are many foods that are often eaten much more effectively and efficiently and with less frustration with a fork. A fork was once the newest technology. I'm pretty sure someone said it would make people fat because they could eat too quickly. Those who grow up just using knives bemoaned the life lessons that eating with a knife taught them, all the while showing off their lip scars. True, some people probably used forks poorly. Some people might have paid too much for forks. Did some people spend too much time admiring their forks? Maybe if you had never had a fork, you would too. Those people with forks were probably alternately accused of having an unfair advantage because they could eat faster or of abandoning the natural ways of their ancestors. They were probably warned that forks would make their lives more stressful because they would have more time available to make more decisions. There were probably even those who claimed that eating with individual forks was a sign of feeling superior. Then there were bicycles, strange mechanical contraptions that didn't need to be fed or cleaned up after. Horses are wonderful creatures, but bicycles have some definite advantages, besides being generally more affordable. Bicycles don't kick people in the head or bite, but once they were the new technology. With bicycles, even kids could go farther faster. 
They could get more done, or they could cause more trouble, whichever their choice was. It was not the fault of the bicycle. Deliveries could arrive faster, and help could be sent for more easily. Should people have avoided bicycles because they were sometimes used to spread gossip faster, or used as getaway vehicles? Don't frustrate your children by falling into the in-my-generation accusations or skewed comparisons. Does technology make children lazy? The short answer is no. Tools don't make people lazy. People choose to be lazy no matter what the latest technology. If technology was so glaringly responsible for laziness, there probably wouldn't be admonitions against laziness in the ancient scriptures of the Bible. What technology gives is more choices. It is okay that you have a washing machine, so no one in the family has to spend hours every week washing clothes by hand. It is okay that you have your phone that lets you communicate faster so that information can be shared more quickly. Time is a scarce commodity. Technology, in a sense, expands time to more uses. There is the difficulty of predicting creative thinking processes. It is very difficult to predict what is going to spark creativity in someone when it comes to parents trying to make decisions about how their children interact with the latest technology, there is not a one-size-fits-all answer. Some parents like to limit time on things like computer games because they want their children to do their chores or get exercise or talk to the rest of the family. Those are also admirable goals. Sometimes these goals can overlap. I have seen dads be able to play group video games with their kids while hours away on a business trip. I know of one family who let their boys play on the computer with fairly unlimited access. Those boys got inspired to build computers from scratch and learned many things. They grew up to get great jobs in the computer industry. In the transcription of this podcast on the website, thehappyhomeschool.com, I link to an article that tells how one man's son learned and applied business skills while playing Mario Maker. I find it odd that while board games are considered an American tradition, interactive video games are often frowned on. Then there is the time-honored tradition of playing solitaire with cards or doing crossword puzzles by yourself. A video game that someone plays by himself is basically the same. Some people express concern about what basic neural and muscular development might be affected by the latest technology. I remember when people said if you read too much, you would need glasses. Now they have studies proving, as much as any study can, that letting children watch computer-type screens is very much detrimental. I can't help but wonder if they are doing these studies on children who are left in childcare facilities all day. That would be like using a sample of orphanage children to test whether or not allowing books is harmful to the parent-child relationship. It is likely that any studies showing that children develop just fine when exposed to technology wouldn't make the news. Data that doesn't show something significant doesn't sell. Talking about extremes does not address the reality for most people. People eat too much and get obese. We don't say food is bad for everyone. Obviously, I am skeptical about such studies. I was talking with one of my daughters about this subject. She works in an office where internet communication is vital. 
Most of the business interactions are between faraway offices. Being comfortable with the technology, as well as having habits of how to express things well over various internet communication venues, is very important. This is likely to be a continuing and growing trend. Some of the older employees seem to strain against internet communications or are very awkward with it. This might be partly because of lack of skills and partly because of seeing it as a necessary evil instead of a great tool. Unfortunately, this has caused some problems with clients, problems that could be avoided if technology was approached differently. There is a saying that necessity is the mother of invention. Invention is the result of creatively problem-solving. Games often involve problem-solving. Some creativity is simply born of the desire to make things for enjoyment. For instance, I learned to make home movies on my computer for the fun of it. That led to me being able to transition much more comfortably into making videos for my blog posts. For me, it started with playing. We know that playing is an important part of creativity for children as well. I think there is reasonable evidence that we cannot predict how children or anyone will play with various technology. If we let them play with it, they may very well discover ways to make it even more useful. This discussion of creativity and technology reminds me of recently reading one of the Tuttle Twin books, The Miraculous Pencil, to my eight-year-old granddaughter. First of all, the story told in that book, The Miraculous Pencil, highlights how different people's creativity can be put together in ways that nobody can predict to create products that we all can use and make them fairly simple and inexpensive for us to get a hold of. And secondly, I would like to mention that she was mesmerized by this story. She had not ever read any story like it, and she asked very interesting questions, and we had a very good time reading it. And if you go to my website, thehappyhomeschool.com, you will see an image in the left sidebar showing about 12 of the Tuttle Twin books for for younger kids. And if you buy through my link, I get a small commission and I do highly recommend them. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Make sure you have signed up for the Dangerously Helpful Homeschool Dispatch. When you do, you will receive my best 25 homeschool tips. Now go out there and Have fun creating a fantastic homeschooling experience for you and your children.